The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister in the wonderful city of Chicago, Illinois, at Christ Universal Temple. I'm not the Minister of Chicago. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Uh, we're in the uh, midst of a series titled The Law and the Promise, which is based upon uh, Neville Goddard's book, The Law and the Promise. I've been off for a couple of weeks, and uh, hopefully the episodes that I left you were good enough to allow you to listen to them again and again, and more importantly, practice them. I am requesting that everybody that's following along with this uh, series actually get the book by Neville, N-E-V-I-L-L-E, The Law and the Promise. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's a book that sh- you should have in your library. Two, uh, I'm trying to emphasize in this particular book, Neville's emphasis on sticking to one thing, mastering it before you move on to the next thing. Because his his belief and his teachings basically are saying, if you can understand how your consciousness works, especially the imagination, you can make the consistent desired demonstrations and that's what we all want at some level we want the desired results 
And he's saying, if you follow my methodology, you'll get the results you desire. Many times we don't actually practice something all the way out. We'll, you know, practice a little bit of it. We won't follow through on all of the advice that's given. We won't uh, follow the system the way it was designed to be followed, etc. So what I'm requesting is make sure that you're following along as it's been given. And then you can evaluate and see if it works or not. You know, as Reverend Coleman used to say, it works if you work it, but you can only know if it works if you follow the process, if you follow the systematic way it's being taught. So Neville basically is talking about how the imagination is with strong desire, feeling, and conviction creates or forms your life, world, and affairs. And before you say it, it works or only works to a certain level, my suggestion would be to, to follow it out all the way through. Now, before we actually get into the book, The Law of the Promise, and today we're going to be covering Chapter 6, Visionary Fancy. Chapter six, visionary fancy. I had a couple of quotes I want to read. The first one is from an old book that I don't believe ever was in print. Uh, it's from uh, the Reverend Joseph E. Hill, otherwise known as Reverend Joe Hill, at the Power Circle Congregation. At one point, he was the the COO of Christ Universal Temple some twenty plus years ago, and he wrote a book booklet titled i am the king's kid now what and if you want to find out if this book is still available available contact reverend joseph e hill at power circle congregation in chicago he can let you know so i'm reading these quotes because i think it really speaks to the conviction you have to have when you work with spiritual laws he wrote on page eight One of the biggest mistakes we tend to make is comparing ourselves to other people or to events going on in society. When we do this, we are regulating our power, dominion, and authority to someone or something outside ourselves. The ultimate reality is that facts exist, but facts change. Anything that can change is not rooted in spirit, for God is spirit and is immutable and unchangeable. When we really really know that we are divine heirs to all that God is, we exhibit a divine arrogance. Now, that's his term for spiritual confidence, not arrogance as we understand it today. Uh, Then he goes on to say, don't confuse me with the facts associated with old age. God is the only reality. In God, there is no beginning and no ending. God comes before the alpha and extends on forever beyond the Omega. Now, what he's saying is he's saying in his own mind, he's convincing his, himself in this writing that the facts of age has nothing to do with his expression. See how he you say, well, people age anyway. OK, but aging and having uh, the issues of your body that go along with it are two different things. There are people who are healthy until they decide at a soul level, not at a human personality level to transition transition but being older does not mean being sick or being in the space to where you can't take care of yourself all right then he goes on by saying um 
and on page 30, uh, 40, excuse me, because I think this is, again, he's talking about the work. Now, you can work mentally more or physically more, but one way or another, you got to do the work. Reverend Ike used to say, uh, or this is a paraphrase. I don't know if this is the exact quote because I didn't hear him say it. A teacher told me he, she heard him say this quote. The more you lose, the more you use your mind, the less you'll have to use your behind. The more you use your mind, the less you will have to use your behind, which means the more your work, you work in the mental, the less work you have to do in the physical. In other words, your work won't be laborious. The people who get paid the most are the people who do the mental work. The idea people, the creative people. The imaginative people, the more you use your mind, the less you'll have to use your behind. All right. So uh, Reverend Joe Hill wrote on page 40, it is written that the only place that you will find success before work is in the dictionary. Success is defined as the achievement of something desired, planned or attempted, the gaining of fame or prosperity. As you can see, nowhere is it stated that achievement can only be accomplished by certain well-positioned, highly educated, super intellectuals, or even those persons who are down and out who could greatly benefit from success. So he's basically saying that success is not for a chosen few, but you have to learn how to use your mind. You have to learn how to use your mind. And again, I'm going to get to the Neville book momentarily. This is just supplemental information to just help you hopefully absorb what Neville is saying. So he wrote on page 41 uh, what he calls his success triangle. His success triangle is vision, commitment, and perseverance. Vision, commitment, and perseverance. Then he says the base or foundation of the triangle is vision which is a mental image produced by the imagination. All successful people know or have a very good idea of where they want to go long before they make the trip. Let's just stop right there. All successful people know or have a very good idea where they want to go before they make the trip. He says, when you exercise your imagination, you turn your thoughts from words to pictures. The best success formula in the world will be useless if you do not have a clearly defined desire to work for. For that is precisely what vision is. When your vision is clear, you will experience the exact feeling, sensitivity, excitement, and sense of accomplishment as if the vision is manifested. You must be sure of what you want to do in detail in order to get a clear vision. For instance, if you desire to own your own business, you need to know the kind of business, equipment needed, education and training necessary, etc. Then you must incorporate your belief system. Now, this is where it calls key. And what he's teaching is Neville. He's just teaching it his own way. Or what I'll say is he's teaching a principle similar to what Neville is saying. 
And I know that he is a big Neville fan because he was the person who actually started me reading both Neville and Goldsmith. Now, Joel Goldsmith. Anyway, Reverend Hill goes on to say, you must believe that you can accomplish your goals. Your vision must be in accord with your belief system. If you believe that a million dollars is more money than you could possibly be comfortable with, chances are you will not be able to develop or envision a million dollar business. Keep in mind that everything starts, continues, and ends in the mind. Your vision has to be realistic and attainable based on your consciousness. After all of the components of your vision are firmly in place, then you are ready to move to the the foundation step of action, commitment. Now, I'm not teaching the success triangle. I just wanted to make sure that I gave you the information based upon the vision because I thought that was really good information. I also want to refer you back to a series that I taught titled The Prospering Power of Prayer. The Prospering Power of Prayer. If you go back through the archives on unity.fm and go to my page, Truth Transforms, you'll see all of my archives. Or you can do it through iTunes or Stitcher. And I did a a show titled The Prospering Power of Prayer, which was um, multiple episodes. And one of the episodes was Prayer in Pictures. And it talks about uh, what we would now call treasure maps or vision boards, or she calls it in the book, a will of fortune, specific ways in which you deal with your imagination. I would strongly suggest going back and doing it because as we are working with focusing on our imagination, sometimes it's good to have some physical image as you're learning how to train your mind. As you get better at it, then you can just take your mind and shift it the way where you want it to be and pray with it sit with it, visualize with it until you can clearly see it and have some conviction around it. But while you're working through the baby steps, sometimes it's good to have a treasure map, vision board, a will of fortune, whatever term you want to use. And I think that I went to really good detail on that episode of how you actually work with it. So now to Neville. So Neville says on page 63 under visionary fancy, He says, the images of our imagination are the realities of which any physical manifestation is the shadow. If we are faithful to vision, the image will create for itself the only physical manifestation of itself it has a right to make. We speak of the reality of a thing when we mean its material substance. That is actually what an imaginist means by its unreality or shadow. So let's break this down, this paragraph, because it says a lot. It's actually really loaded. First of all, when you start talking about spirituality and metaphysics, in metaphysics, we always say that the the real thing is the idea behind the form, not the form itself. The form is an existence. It's, It's an effect. It's not cause. The cause is mental. The effect is physical. So. If you want to work with something, you have to deal with cause, not effect. That's one level. Also, when you use the term reality, reality means that which is in alignment with the truth about God. Metaphysically, reality doesn't mean like the three-dimensional realm. That's the realm of existence. When you start talking about new thought metaphysics, what does that mean? That means that 
the spirit of you is real. The physical you is in existence. You can say in the hospital room, I am wholeness, I am health, I am life, because the spirit of you is not sick. The spiritual you has never been sick, never been broke, never been unhappy, never been uh, separated from your good. That's the reality of you. That's the real you. But then there's the you of existence, which is a human personality with a form uh, that we call body that goes through experiences that has facts change all the time. Now, the closer we can get our mental and physical in alignment with the reality of who we are, the more of God's good can express in our lives. That's the trick. I don't want to call it a trick in the sense of a trick, but that's the process. That we have to align mentally with the truth spiritually, which will allow us to express our reality, spiritual reality, into material existence. That's the point. That's how you work it. Now, she also says, if we are faithful to the vision, the image will create for itself the only physical manifestation of itself it has a right to make. In other words, your vision, your image, your state of consciousness can only by right of God's divine law produce that which is consistent with the vision, image, or state of consciousness. The Bible says it this way, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. God is not mocked. In this context, that means divine law or universal law. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. So the sowing, the reaping rather, has to be consistent with what was sown. You sow mentally. You reap in physical form. And reaping in physical form doesn't always mean a physical thing, by the way. It can mean experiences that you have. It also can mean experiences that you have in your soul. For instance, you so peaceful thoughts. You can have peace in your soul, even though outwardly there's no reason for you to be peaceful, but there's something you carry. So I don't want to just say that manifestation is just limited to what can be detected by the five senses, because that's not accurate. When you decide to, to be the expression of love that you are, that love will show up in, in every avenue, in every experience, because that's who you are. That's the stand that you've made, that you realize that since you're the image and likeness of God, you're the image and likeness of love. That's part of the stance that you take. So I'm looking at we're about one minute out from the show. So let me uh, take care of a few housekeeping things. Uh, this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, please go to www.unity.fm, click on the giving button, and help support this online ministry. Um, at the same time, I also want to make sure that you, you know that this show has a Facebook page. 
please go to face the Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Like it. Get, please give it a five star rating. When you go to iTunes or Stitcher, Stitcher's an Android app. And if you're listening to these shows via podcast on Stitcher or iTunes, I'm also requesting that you give it a five star rating. It helps the algorithm promote the show more so more people can benefit from it. We want to make sure that we're spreading this information abroad. If there's somebody that you know that you think might benefit from this information, pass it on. Every subject matter might not be for them, but for instance, if a person's working on healing or prayer or whatever, send them some shows that go on, that are in alignment with what they need. So we're going to take our f- first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I also want to remind you that you can call into the show if you have a comment or you would like to ask a question. Sometimes your question not only can help you, but help others. So if you have a question, please call in to 888-558-6489-188-558-6489. Eight nine. Give me a call. I love to get calls. Love to get calls. I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to take advantage of that, uh, of asking a direct question, hopefully getting a direct answer. So back to Neville. So he goes on to say, again, and he's repeating many times the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, but he's trying to drill home the point, which is, Imagining creates reality. That's his position. So the only thing he's going to do is give different ways or different angles to uh, handling the business of working with your mind to demonstrate your desired good. So he says that on page 63, imagining is a 
is spiritual sensation. Now, you just need to stop right there. Imagining is spiritual sensation. Imagining is spiritual sensation. He says, enter the feeling of your wish fulfilled. You have to feel it spiritually, feel it mentally, and to the point to to where it shifts to conviction. Feel it like you actually are experiencing it. Now, you can say, well, that's not possible. Well, is it? We have dreams, and we many times can get caught up in dreams, and even daydreams, not dreams where we're sleeping. You could be at work, at school, or whatever, and you can just start daydreaming, and next thing you know, you're in the vision. You're in the dream. You're experiencing it. I mean, it becomes real to people. Your body can have sensations. Uh, your mind is totally detached from what's going on around you because as far as you are concerned, you are in that experience. One of the things that I was taught very early in my study of new thought was that the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a past, present, and future event. The subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a past, present, and future event. Just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. Because what that means is you can, I don't want to say trick the subconscious mind, but you can condition the subconscious mind to accept a premise. And once it accepts a premise, you can work from there. But you have to accept the premise that prosperity is my birthright, that peace is my birthright, that joy is my birthright, that health is my birthright. And then actually see what that looks like in your life and then feel it with conviction. How often, how long should you do it? You have to do it to the place to where you totally have it. And you feel deeply that you have it. And then this is where the paradox comes in. You feel it deeply that you have it. Then you have to release it. You have to release it. What does that mean? Just like you, when you plant a seed and you put it in the ground, you do all the things that you need to do. You, you tilt the soil, you water it, you know, you make sure it's getting sunlight. You have to now trust the process for it to be what it needs to be. You know, uh, I want to make sure that we are focusing on the desired results that we want. Now, get back to the book. Through spiritual sensation, through our use of imaginal sight, sound, scent, taste, and touch, you will give to your image the sensory vividness necessary to produce that image in your outer or shadow world. Now, he's calling the spiritual, the real, as I stated earlier, and the realm of form, the shadow or the outer, whatever term you use is your business. The issue comes into play is recognizing that the realm of form is always the realm of experience. Always. And you, if you want to make Strong and lasting change in the outer, you have to have strong and lasting change mentally, whether that's individually or corporately. 
whether that's in your business, in your family, at your job, at your school, policies of the government. If you want real, true and lasting change, the consciousness of the people involved must be changed, lifted up and transformed. That's really important. That's really important. So. Start to work with what you're seeking to do in your mind. Use your imaginal sight. How are you seeing it? Imaginal sight. What does your good sound like? What's going on? You see, you imagine you're at the beach. You should hear birds flying and water rippling on the beach, et cetera, et cetera. You should, you know, if you have some good food, you should taste it and smell it. What does it smell like? What does it smell like to be on the beach in Jamaica? Uh, we have a caller. Uh, Reverend Bobby's on the line. Hey, Reverend Bobby. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Doing well about yourself. I'm doing well. You, um, you were talking about. Well, 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 you were talking about the spiritual sensation that you had to have mm-hmm. in order to uh, manifest things and to feel toward it. But, right. but when you said the sensation. You know, uh, I thought about, you know, when I was a kid growing up and, and, and they would be cooking Thanksgiving dinner and I would go into the kitchen and I would get all the smells and things from all of the food around and actually in the back, you know, in the salad, salad, whatever they're called, salivatory glands, you know, right up under the back of your, your, uh, uh, neck, you can actually taste the food before it was served. And that's kind of how we have to do with our imagination, with the things that we desire. We got to kind of taste them and know them to be real before they can manifest. But once we do that, it's like it drops. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good analogy because you can think about getting that turkey and that macaroni and cheese and whatever, you know, the person starts explaining it enough, long enough, mm-hmm. you will start mm-hmm. to play with it in your head. And, and what's funny about it is people can imagine something tasting like something that they've never tasted before. Then they taste, Oh, this is, this isn't how I imagined it would taste. I've actually heard people say that this isn't how I imagined this would taste. That means, well, well, it, that they that they had a preconceived uh, imaginal sensation of what they thought it should be. Well, I, I was just going to share with you when my when my when my daughter when my not my daughters when my sisters were young they had easy bake oven mm-hmm. and, and the candy that they used to to make in the easy bake oven tasted like light bulb and for the life of me I didn't know what a light bulb tastes like but that candy sure did taste like a light bulb man. <laughs> you just <laughs> made it up in your mind it's, I and, just made it up in my mind right and that's what we're doing with our lives unfortunately yeah. our lives are at stake when we just make it up what, based upon no rationale and no intentionality. So we have to be intentional about what we're doing with our minds. And uh, I was thinking about um, um, sensation almost like if you, I'm a big fan of Greek mythology. I don't know if you know that, Mm -hmm. but as a kid, I used to read Greek mythology when I finished my schoolwork, 
back in the mm-hmm. day when they had encyclopedias and books in the back of the class. When you finish yeah. your work, you walk in the back and actually do work with no computers. Or they were basic computers with one button that you hit or whatever. But anyway. I can't uh, imagine you reading, Galen. Just yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, running out of space for books right now. But uh the uh <laughs> might have to get see I had to expand my territory. But anyway, I uh so I was thinking about how when they would want to get from one area from the living to uh to uh Hades in the Greek myth- Greek mythology, it was a boat that they would have to take and it was a lady uh that they would have to give a coin to. And the, the the woman, I can't remember her name now, often mm-hmm. it's not on the top of my head, but if you gave her a coin, she could take you to and fro. And uh, But you had to have the coin, and it was a particular type of coin. And mm-hmm. to a certain extent, to get the desired results that we want, the coin is the right state of consciousness. Or Absolutely. As, or, and, and as Fox call it, the mental equivalent, which is clarity of vision and conviction of feeling. It's the same thing Neville is saying. Yeah, that's the coin yeah. to the desired demonstration. Now, you can be a great person. You can have all the right reasons to want this desired demonstration. But just like that woman uh, uh, would not move. I think she was a skeleton with a hood on or something, if I can remember mm-hmm. what I was reading. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like she wouldn't move that boat until you had that coin. You don't get to have the desired demonstration without the right state of consciousness yeah because yeah, we can't yeah. outperform our consciousness yeah and, and it reminds me of how we were taught real quick the uh the mystical marriage between the conscious and the subconscious man then after you have that marriage the baby is born you know mm-hmm. you have to have these marriages you have to have all the Beckwith talks about you know meeting the conditions right you know when when manifestation comes, but once you meet that, you onto some stuff. Anyway, continue on, my brother. Thanks for spending some time with me. I'm gonna listen some more. I appreciate that. So as as Reverend Bobby was talking about with the marriage of the conscious and subconscious mind, sometimes we'll have situations in our lives where the demonstrations are what we desire, and we don't want to own it. You know, uh, I remember this comedy skit from back in the '80s. That this comedian Robin Harris used to uh, say, and he would call it Bebe's kids. And Bebe's kids were the baddest kids he had ever seen before. And he was dating a young lady, and he went to Disneyland or something like that, and she brought Bebe's kids with him. And this was a whole thing. I'm not saying look it up. Spiritually, you might be surprised. So I'm not going to tell you just to look that comedy skit up because there's various versions of it, some nicer than others. But the key is, we don't want to own our own baby's kids demonstrations. So when the stuff starts showing up in a way that we don't like, we don't want to own baby's kids, but they're our kids. Those are our baby's kids. In other words, those broken down experiences are the things that are consistent with our states of consciousness, with our mental equivalents. And if we want to change the experiences, we literally have to change the way we think. What are we imagining and what are we feeling? What is going on? And I think the only reason why we're consistently producing, not we, we sometimes consistently produce and reproduce 
experiences that we don't desire is because we're not being intentional with our minds. We're kind of just drifting along. We deal with life. We handle our responsibilities, you know, and outside of that, we're not being intentional. So it's one thing to read the book and listen to the tape or watch the video. It's another thing to do those things and then say, okay, let me put a game plan on how I'm going to apply it. It's one thing to say, well, I believe in prayer that I can be guided. It's another thing to to pray. It's one thing to say, when I meditate, I can heal. I can receive higher inspiration. I can get clarity of thought uh, and all the other benefits of meditation. It's another thing. It's another whole other issue or thing to actually meditate. So how often do you meditate? How often do you do your work? What is your game plan? What is your system? You have to develop your own system. I'm not saying that you have to follow somebody's system verbatim, but I am saying you need to have a system that you put together that makes sense to your soul and then follow it through. I will say without a shadow of a doubt that I think that the main reason why people don't demonstrate the desired good that they say they want is because they're not consistent with their minds. Believing in one moment, releasing it another. Practicing it sometimes, praying sometimes, meditating sometimes, affirming sometimes, visualizing sometimes, reading sometimes, working on your goals sometimes, taking action sometimes. So we get some tiny results. But not but we must be definite and we must be willing to take actions that are consistent with what our our vision is. So there are going to be times in life where you have to slow down and even sometimes shut down. I've said this many times on on this show throughout these last five years now. Five years, wow. Jeff, we've been doing this five years. But anyway, <laughs> um, I've said this many times. We must realize without a doubt that we're always working on ourselves. Always. And if we think that life is going to treat us better than we treat ourselves, then we're being foolish. We have to be dedicated to building the state of mind that we want. And that takes work. It takes work. You're not going to get around it. You have to be dedicated. And there are going to be times where you have to shut down and focus on that which you want. That means I don't care what the TV show is. I don't care what the the gossip on the phone or the social media is saying. I don't care about sometimes the other things that need to be done. Sometimes in life, you have to shut down and have laser beam focus on what you want. You get your books. You get your prayer stuff, you do your meditation, you put those headphones on and listen to the guided meditation, you do whatever you got to do. You get your notepad out, you start writing down the ideas that come to you, you start game planning. You have to become systematic when it comes to your good. And sometimes you can't just be lukewarm with it. You have to literally go all out. And sometimes that requires you to 
shut down everything else. In other words, you go to work, you take care of the kids, you do whatever, but then you give yourself a dedicated amount of time until you get out of that season. You got to get focused. So it's time for our second break. So I'll be right back with Truth Transforms. I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org. of thousands of listeners like you have been transformed through the ministry of Paulette Pipe and her program, Touching the Stillness, one of the longest-running programs on Unity Online Radio. Paulette's latest album of guided meditations, Blissful Stillness, is a new and different experience. The mystical quality of her beautiful voice will reverberate through a Zen-style meditation, a mudra meditation, which are yoga hand positions to deepen your practice, and guided meditations, which we know and love. It features a new instrumental sound by Kelly Hunt with a bonus track by Kathy Zavada. Experience a blissful immersion into quiet and stillness by purchasing your own copy at Shop. Dot unityonline.org You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching the law of the promise by Neville Goddard. So let's make sure that we at least we cover a few more things in this chapter before we call it a day. On page 65, uh, he, you know, gives a few other few really good points. Now, the thing about this book that I really like is he actually gives examples of how people have actually used his teachings. He actually puts the letters that people wrote to him in the chapters. And the reason why I'm not reading the letters is because I want you to get the book. I want you to be able to read those words, to go back over them, read them again, go back over them, read them again, because I think it's one thing to hear it, a principle taught in an abstract manner, but it's another thing to actually see how somebody applies it to their everyday life in a practical manner. So he says on the bottom of page 65, imagining the wish fulfilled is the seeking that finds, the asking that receives, and the knocking to which is open. Now, he's quoting Jesus, ask and you shall find. 
I mean, asking it shall be given, seeking you shall find, knocking the door will be open to you. That's from Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. So he's saying that the process of imagining the wish fulfilled is the seeking that finds, the asking that receives, the knocking to which the, uh, the knocking to which is open. So the asking, seeking and knocking is done in a specific kind of way. It's not just saying, oh, I want that. How come God didn't give it to me? You have to have the consciousness for it. You have to have the imaginative capacity. In other words, to be able to see it in your imagination. And and you have to be able to feel it with deep conviction. Or as Amy Fox said, have the mental equivalent to allow that mental equivalent to be the asking, seeking, and knocking. Because if, if you're asking, seeking, and knocking out of a consciousness of lack, then the divine law will reproduce that which you are conscious of. And it will reproduce what you are unconscious of, but but lives subconsciously within your soul. Allow that to land. That your mental equivalent is your ask, your seek, and your knock. For everyone who asks, receive Jesus said and everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks the door will be opened to him so it's a principle that says when you when you work it properly it works if you work it what's the what's the it it's it is the principle when you work the principle properly it works it works if you work it it works if you work it Principle works if you work it. Divine law works if you work it. That's the process. All right. Then he says, the imaginist, page 66, the imaginist dreams while awake. That's key. The imaginist dreams while awake. In other words, it's the intentional use of the imagination. He is not the servant of his vision, but the master of the direction of his attention. That's key. You're not a slave to anything. You're the master of the direction of your attention. What gets your attention? What fascinates you? Because if the only things that fascinate you are things of a lower vibration, then what ends up happening is you have to have those things that are consistent with it. Now, I'm not telling you never go watch an action movie or comedy or something that some people consider lowbrow. That's your prerogative. What I am saying is, is that the only thing you're feeding your body, if the only thing you ever ate was Big Macs, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, fries, and a shake, do you think you can... You could stay in shape. If all you ate was junk food and when you snacked, you ate instead of apples and bananas, you ate Cheetos and Doritos and donuts and cookies. Do you think you could stay in shape? Well, mentally, if all you're doing is feeding yourself stuff of the world, then don't get upset when the world starts to collapse on you and you start to experience things that are consistent with that which you feed your mind. That's why it's necessary to read spiritual books, listen to spiritual audio programs, watch spiritual DVD programs, 
pray with people, take classes, go to seminars and workshops, go to church service, hear sermons, listen to the music, praise the God that work that is working in through and as you in service. Why is that necessary? Because that is how you spiritually feed yourself. It's necessary to do the meditation work. Why? That's how you spiritually feed your mind. It's necessary to do the prayer work. But why? Because that's how you spiritually feed your mind. Just like you can't eat McDonald's fast foods and and supersize it. I think it was a movie years ago called Supersize Me or something like that. And the guy, all he did was eat McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he supersized everything, supersized the pops, supersized the fries, etc. all day, every day for a year. And he gained a lot of weight. Why? Because you can't expect a body to function the way you want it to function if the only thing you ever feed it is junk food. And you cannot expect the mind to demonstrate God's good in your life if you're only feeding your mind junk thoughts, junk images, junk nonsense, social media nonsense. I'm not saying social media is all nonsense, but it's a lot of nonsense on it. And you can get caught up in it. The drama, the argument, people fighting, people doing crazy stuff on, you know, somebody asked me something. Did you see something that was on Facebook? And it was some image or something that was really violent that happened to somebody. And I said, no, I didn't. I said, I'm, I'm in a stage right now where I'm really careful about what I put in my mind. See, I want my mind to to be in a space that if something does happen that is considered traumatic or I see something that's traumatic, I've conditioned my mind to desensitize to it because I'm focused on the good and then take action. Then I become very sensitized to taking action to transform my experience. So if I see something that spirit moves me to address, I want to be fully present to it without being attached to the experience in and of itself because in other words, I want to make sure that I can absorb it without being, excuse me, observe it without being absorbed, observe without being absorbed. You have to play with your mind till you can get it to the point where you can do that. Anyway, moving right along. I also want to teach this quick point on page 68. He wrote. Nothing is so fatal as conformity. We must not allow ourselves to be girt about by the ringed, ringed fixity of fact. That's a way of saying it. Change the image and thereby change the fact. So he's basically saying is don't conform. He says when you conform, that's fatal. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, saying the same thing. Don't conform to what people say you can have or can't have. Don't conform to old images and beliefs that that you have carried in the past. Don't conform to what you think is possible for you based upon race, gender, age or income, or even education. You know, 
I believe in the principle so strongly that I believe that people can prosper without even having what people say they, they need to have. And I'm not saying don't go get what you need to have. Trust me, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is who who said that you can't be rich unless you have whatever it is that they say you're supposed to have. I've seen uh, people who walked and worked the hard way presented Yale and Harvard. Tony Robbins has presented in most uh, universities of higher education. I'm talking about the top ones. So has Les Brown, Tony Robbins, high school graduate. Les Brown failed twice in school, labeled educable, mentally retarded. Has lectured all over the world in the higher universities. We have to ask ourselves, why do we accept what people say is possible for us? Uh, the rapper Karis One from Boogie Down Productions that's presented at institutions of higher learning like the Harvest and whatever. And he was a rapper who was living in a group home because his family was so dysfunctional. Mm. Mm. It just makes you wonder. What I'm saying is get the consciousness for what it is that you desire. Work the law because the law is no respecter of person. That's what the Bible says in the book of Acts. Peter said, God is no respecter of persons. Why is this person with who, who in this position when the world says they're not supposed to be in this position? Because the universal law works. And if you can hold the image while everybody else is being unintentional. And you're working divine law. You can jump ahead of people. There's no other way for me to say that. You can jump ahead of people, but you can't conform. You got to believe that's possible. You have to believe that's possible all the time. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Can you accept that? So next week, I'm going to teach. The chapter, chapter seven, actually called Moods. Uh, again, I want everyone to get the book. If you haven't ordered the book, go to Amazon.com or whatever you wherever you get the books and order the book, The Law and the Promise. I want you to read the stories that that are in each of the chapters because they're great stories. And again, I'm not going to read the chap the stories because I want you to get the book. But I think the chapters will help you integrate the principles that are being taught. You can do this. Trust in yourself. And I know who you are spiritually. Therefore, have confidence in the God in you and allow it to play itself out from there. With that, we're going to wrap up this show. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week where truth transforms. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio.
This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression. Each of us has a unique purpose, a special gift to offer the world. Despite the differences in our talents and abilities, there is one gift that we all can share, the gift of peace. Peace isn't something that takes a particular talent. It's an ability we all possess. All we have to do is tap into it. Peace doesn't require a certain set of circumstances either, but rather a state of willingness. When I do whatever is mine to do from that place of peace within... I contribute to the peace of the world. James Dillett Freeman said, I give the gifts that are mine to give, as naturally as a tree gives shade or a bird's song. It is my nature to give. I give peace. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.